Hello, we're back. Turn to being a tennis podcast once again after a bit of a hiatus. Not as long as some of the other tennis hiatuses that have, have returned recently. But yeah, we are we are back. Uh, slight slight change to the format going forward into the new year. But oh, my keyboard's just connected. Um, it's good news. Helpful, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So uh, we will still have the same trio of presenters. And you never know, one day, maybe all three of us might be on the same episode together. Uh, that is That that was something that remained elusive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we're still yet to do the unseeded Open. Yes, we're still yet to actually play tennis against three of us. We were trying to play tennis earlier today, me and Dennis, and it rained. So it wasn't a huge success. But anyway, as we start the new year, we have got this uh, podcast, which will be looking ahead to 2024 but first of all it will be looking back at the year that was and a lot of the stuff that we did not cover uh because our last episode was a preview of Wimbledon quite a lot of tennis has happened since then yeah yeah so yeah we're gonna look at 2023 just quick run through of everyone who won some high points low points that sort of stuff I don't think we're gonna go in as in depth as other podcasts have done just because sort of 2023 has happened and we're already into 2024 yeah it was very last minute that we decided to do this podcast again yeah, i i had the thought on new year's eve sent everyone a message on new year's day and yeah, we're back here january 3rd we're, we're back already fur is in mexico so that's why she's not here i'm just going to quickly run through who won the grand slams of 2023 so in australia uh last year we had sabalenka Win where she defeated Rabatkina in the final 4 6 6 3 6 4. I don't know why I'm saying the scores, that seems largely irrelevant now. Yeah. So Djokovic won against Sitsapas in the men's final. The Roland Garros champions, we had Sviantek defeating Mukova and we had Djokovic defeating Kasper Rude. Wimbledon, Marketa Vondrasova defeating Onjabur. And Carlos Alcaraz defeating Novak Djokovic. Now that 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 score is worth mentioning because that was that was a match. That was a classic. The one six seven six six one three six six four. Could have done with a couple more tie breaks in my feeling. Just another tie break. Oh no, it still goes down. That's up there with two thousand eight. So oh no 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 two thousand eight is a, a, a a different level. But I I think two thousand eight is different because of Nadal having the two-set lead, then Federer winning the two tie-break sets. And then coming back. And, and then back. and then Nadal then coming back, and it was, well, I can't even remember what the final... But that final is just the Alcaraz potential to have another few classics at Wimbledon and, mm, and yeah. elsewhere. And then the US Open champions, Coco Goff, defeating Sabalenka in the final, and Novak Djokovic defeating Daniel Medvedev as Medvedev beat Alcaraz in the semi-final. Um, other notable things that happened, we had the WTA finals, the incredibly well-staged WTA finals where nothing went wrong at all, um, was won by Iga Swiatek defeating Jessica Pagula, 6-1-6 love in the final. That was Iga's bakery. It was, I mean, I didn't watch any of that game, but that sounds like an absolute battle. Yeah. <laughs> ATP finals, Novak Djokovic defeating Yannick Sinner, 6-3-6-3. Um, I've got a whole list of other champions. Like, 
I th- there's only some that I feel like are particularly relevant to mention, to be honest. Obviously, in Canada, we had Sinner and Pagula. Cincinnati was Djokovic and Goff, so that's, that was probably the most clear indicator of what was to happen in the US. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Guadalajara, you had Maria Sakkari get past the semi-final and win a final, which... Quite rare. Yeah, who'd have thought? Uh, <laughs> but, hasn't followed it on. And, well, give her a chance. Guadalajara was quite late in the year. So yeah, that that was 2023, just purely on who won the significant things. Davis Cup, that was won by... Oh, that was won by Italy. Was it? Yeah. And Billie Jean King Cup, that was won by Canada. I wouldn't necessarily say that Billie Jean King Cup was won by Canada. I think, more accurately, the Billie Jean King Cup was won by Leila Fernandez. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard that she had a carry, but I, again, I haven't seen any of the data. I mean, the performance that she put in basically won all her singles and all the doubles. Like, yeah, no, that's fair enough. But as you know, from if you've listened to the podcast before, team tournaments are not my favourite. No, no. I have I don't watch much of it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I've, not, I've not watched any of the United Cup, but that's more just because it's not really available to watch over here. It's like the Tennis Channel International. Yeah. And I don't really fancy subscribing to that for this one. Off tournament, yeah. Like this, yeah, this one tournament of the year that's not really that serious. Like I know that there's ranking points. Yeah, and it's not quite important enough for illegal streaming on a VPN that we definitely don't condone. No. Or have done before. No, no. And then, and then this this year anyway, we'll get out of this surely at some point. Is that obviously the broadcasting rights have changed to Sky, and that so far has been dreadful. Yeah, no, I think we both, even I, had to call Robert after not watching tennis for quite a while, and then had seen Brisbane and Auckland back on, and I was like, let's get Amazon Prime back up, and I'd forgotten it was on Sky, and then I went on it, and I was like, oh. Well, no choice of game here. I'm just gonna have to. Well, it's, it was it was when I was watching it on Sky and Sky Sports main event and Sky Sports mix both were showing live tennis yeah. and they were showing the same live tennis and it's like and it was like at this point I know Brisbane's had problems with rain and stuff and there's only one indoor court yeah. but the fact is there's another tournament happening in Auckland there's a tournament happening in Hong Kong like. And you could have shown two games at once. You've got two channels showing. You've got an entire online streaming platform. Jesus Christ, you could show every match that's happening at once, like Amazon used to do. Exactly. And not only that, even if it wasn't the online streaming platform, for this tournament particularly with Brisbane and Auckland, for us in the UK, it's in a very, very awkward time in the morning where mm. there's no other sporting event that's live. There's no darts, there's no football, there's no any other sport that's on Sky. So you could have easily put it on one of their other ones or create a Sky Sports tennis channel because they had a Sky them. Sports tennis channel during the US Open. Exactly. And now yeah. I think but I think that that's changed to Sky Sports darts. So maybe it'll go back to Sky Sports tennis outside of because the... Sky Sports darts is showing some tennis tomorrow. I think they're going to be showing Raducanu's match. Yeah. On Sky Sports darts. Well, Sky Sports main event will be showing Brisbane. Uh, it's all just—it's just a mess. Yeah. It's an out, like Sky. They just outbid everyone 
to provide a worse service. Yeah, I don't, I, honestly, it is quite annoying. And we have gone on a bit of a rant, and for the international viewers who might have a better way of watching the tennis than we do in the UK, you I don't like you. Frustration. Yeah, we don't like you. Should we just start going on to like our our, our notable, like our high points of twenty twenty three? Because this we can actually talk about more because we've experienced it. We've got some emotion behind it. Yeah, some of those, you know, games like Marquetta Bondras over winning a slam doesn't have too much I emotion to it. I didn't. It didn't move me. I I feel like it. It, the only way it moved me is I was sad for Onshabur. Yeah, that was like... Because that would have been a pinnacle of a Wimbledon if, if Alcaraz and Jabur had won it. Yeah. And Vondrasova won it. Not that I've got anything against her. And, and it was also the fact that like she beat Alina Svitolina in the semi-final when you think, oh, if Alina Svitolina was, was in the final, it was Jabur Svitolina, then any of those winning it would, would be, be, would would be like... Good. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, Vondra, so, like, nothing against, I just want to keep emphasising, there's nothing against Marquetta Vondra Sova. Yeah, we love your tattoos. We feel upset because you want to slam and get the same age as us. But apart from that, I, I keep forgetting that, like, there's successful professional tennis players. I think, I think it's actually worse when they're the same age as you yeah. than if they're younger. Oh, yeah, because you, when they're younger now, you just go... Oh, they're just natural given talent. We just when, when, it off like if that. If they're older than you, they're older than you. When it's when it's the same age, you're like, oh no. Yeah. Right. What have I done? What have I done other than drink beer at a pub? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, 2020. Let's start. We do we do we want to start with the low points or the high points? No, I think I think we'll do low points first, and then we'll build it up because. We always want to end on high. Okay, low points. So, I think I'll start with the more minor ones. So, the Wimbledon queue. Yeah, I mean, that oh. one I didn't experience. I went, I was on the first day of Wimbledon, didn't get any tickets this year. And I was like, I want to go. So, I'm going to get in the queue. And I bought a tent. So, I was like, I'll do two days. And I had two days off work consecutively. So, I was like, you know what? I will go. I had the Monday and Tuesday off. I was like, I'll go get a day pass for the Monday and then camp overnight and see what I can get on the Tuesday. Thought it'd be absolutely fine. Probably won't get much sleep, but they sell coffee, so that's that's you all I could ask for, yeah. yeah. And I got there. Like probably got to Wimbledon at about five thirty or six in the morning. I got there really early. And got my cue card and everything like that. And for a few hours, fair enough, didn't really move because the gates weren't open. And then the gates opened. And then I carried on not moving. And then nobody moved. And as the day wore on, literally no movement has happened until they moved us to a different part of the queue. Yeah. And then we proceeded to not move anymore. And then I went for a walk. Walked along the queue because I'm a key card. I could return to my place in the queue and everything. And noticed that they'd let people through the first gate, but then there was no, it wasn't then moving through as if people were actually getting into the ground. Nobody knew what was happening. No, none of the ground staff knew what was happening. People were getting very angry at them, and it's not their fault. It was yeah. just poor organisation. 
And basically it turned out nobody was being let in because they were scared to death that Just Stop Oil would get in and throw something at their courts. Yeah. Which Just Stop Oil got in anyway. Yeah. And threw stuff at their courts. Yeah. So it's like all of this nonsense for nothing. Like nobody could get in. Nobody could. And it was just such bad organisation. And then I and I was just like, if this is going to be the repeat tomorrow, there's no point camping overnight to just not get in. Yeah, yeah. There's, I don't want to camp overnight to stand in Wimbledon Park. It's not really what I like to do in my days off. <laughs> yeah, no. And anyway, there was significant rain delays the next day anyway, so if I... I wouldn't have seen any tennis. And would you, uh, you, you, you were one of the longest queues anyway in history, wasn't it? One of the longest queues in history and nobody was being let in. So it was, uh, not a good mix for a person in a Wimbledon queue. <laughs> no, it was, it was a dreadful day. And I think it just, and, and because Wimbledon comes so close after the French Open, yeah. it's, our experiences with the French Open were still so, Fresh. fresh on my mind and we love the french open yeah there is there is there is no way of emphasizing how much we love the french open like you have to buy a ticket in advance day passes you have to buy in advance there's none of this queuing yeah you, there's sometimes a bit of a queue as you go into like the night session i think it's the ones where we've experienced the longest queue where you you're coming in for the night session because there's only one gate you can come in and it's just a it's just a bit of a long queue. Yeah. But you, when you start moving through, you you start you're, moving through, you're yeah. moving through like it's consistent, and obviously there's multiple stages of bag checks and everything. It's absolutely fine. I think that's another thing: is tickets are accessible. Oh, for French easily. Literally, it's first come first serve because they and on the day as well because they sell most their seats to real life people and yeah. tennis fans the the closeness between the French Open and Wimbledon just highlights how bad the organisation how on. bad the organisation is of Wimbledon and how intentionally inaccessible it is yeah it's it's elitist it's elitist tennis is I mean to the point where we've got tennis courts out the back of our house and yeah they're, they're free to play today because it's the middle of the day on a weekday yeah but if you want to play on the weekend when most people be available you have to pay five pound fifty for the hour yeah and it's like just constantly every time you try and interact with the sport in this country there is some sort of barrier and and i just i just feel like after my experience with wimbledon last year and it was just completely disregarding all of the actual tennis fans and people that can't afford all your debentured seats and all of that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Wimbledon is there to cater for the people with the debentured seats. They're yeah. not there to cater for the general public. No, no, no. And that's why it's... <laughs> it's why it's, it's... It's one of the best tennis events to watch on TV. But as a day out, because we did Wimbledon well, the year before, yeah. as a day out, it's not as good a day out as the French Open. No, no, and and take us as an example. Like we're not we're not doing this rant to say that we're the biggest or most knowledgeable tennis fans around there. I'm definitely not. But are we the sort of people to take a day off work or 
take time of our own to go and watch a tennis event because we're that bigger fans we are but yet we struggle us who will go to great lengths to get tickets you know calling in sick off work and then and trying to get a ticket that I've way. never done that no no that was me but um, yeah I don't know if they're, they're going to listen to me <laughs> <laughs> I work for an anonymous company no one knows um, but let's let, you know we will go to that length to get the tickets but yet we will struggle to get them I've never got a ticket through the ballot you know both times we've got tickets through to Wimbledon it was through another way right, uh, not through the ballot not illegally either, though. Um, but the, whereas the French Open, we know the tickets are out on this day. As long as you get there first come, first serves, we, we, and we go there for a week and we get our pick of the days. Not yeah. just a pick of the day, pick of the courts as well. Yeah. If I wanted to, I could get Chatrier every single day. That's the main court. And then you, you're okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Wimbledon... And it's, and it's not like you go there and you're like, oh, it's not that popular. There's, they barely sell out their seats. When you go there, it's rammed. Yeah. The atmosphere is so much better than that of Wimbledon's. Everyone's really nice. Yeah, everyone's like... And it's it's a really positive, enjoyable place. The atmosphere is... The complex isn't crammed. Yeah. There's more actual activities that are not like... There's a tennis, mini tennis that you can play outside of Chatrier, which is... You can pretty much wait five minutes and you're on. Whereas in Wimbledon, there are these little bits. The the only activity is Pims at Wimbledon, (laughs) essentially. Or or sitting on a crammed Murray Mound, or sort of squeezing past centre court to get to the outside courts. Exactly. And And those outside courts, apart from the ones maybe on court six or seven, but some of the other ones like court 14 that nearer the set court one, are like in this narrow little alleyway which has got so many people in it if there's quite yeah. a lot of games it's, early it's, in week one you know what I mean it's not like a accommodating experience for everyone you know what I mean you can have great fun at Roland Garros as you've done more than I on the outer courts going to almost pick anyone you want and you will get on there you know what I mean whereas if you want to move from a, a men's round one game in court 14 on in Wimbledon to another outer court men's game you might spend a whole hour not watching a tennis, walking through the complex. This is not a hate speech on Wimbledon. We do love it. And we do think it's, it's a great one to watch on TV. Yeah, it is a great but one to watch. It's, it, Don't ban our ticket in the counts, please. It's it's not designed for the everyday spectator of the sport. No. When you go, it's... That's the whole essence of the queue. So some other low points. I just want to talk about a couple of players that had some injury problems. We obviously had Rafael Nadal, who struggled, didn't play a match after the Australian Open. Yeah. Raducanu, obviously, she had three surgeries. Yeah. But in lighter news, hopefully that'll be 2024 high points next year. That they're all back. That they're all back and fit. Well, I mean, Nadal's not back for long. This is his last season. Yeah, yeah, but to be fair, unless he and, those, I, unless he goes on and wins everything, then I, I, I think surprised to be like, mm, yeah. I might give it another year. Yeah, yeah, but to be fair, for both of those, although they were low points, you know, with Nadal, he for years it was like, is he fully fit? Is he, you know, and he still managed to pull out French Open after French Open. But he maybe we'll see. Time will tell. Made the right decision to just go. You know what? Because it was always the build-up to the French. Well, is it? Is he going to make it back? Mm. And then he just said, "No, no. We'll take the rest of the year off." And 
you know, from the one game we have seen him in back, apart from the doubles. But I think that was just a bit. Yes, I know, but he was playing with Mark Lopez, who I think has been retired for a few years. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. When I saw them walking off, I was like, that guy looks not very in shape. But like, to be uh, fair, it'd be quite good to be that level of tennis player where you're just like you. You'd be like, I want to enter the doubles. Oh, who with? Oh, not not an established doubles player of any type. This guy who's been retired for a few years. Yeah. Or if you're Stefan or Sitsipas, oh my brother. Yeah. Oh, is your brother a tennis player? Yeah, he can hold a racket. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a bit more of a disrespect to Petros. Yeah, I mean, that is a play. bit. It's a bit harsh on Petros. He can play. He can play. But and then with the Radicani one as well, though, is you know her redemption has been quite considering the stories I was hearing about that both angles she couldn't even. Oh, it's, go it was in both wrists. Yeah, both wrists and one ankle. Yeah, yeah. And she can't even operate a mobility scooter. She was doing it with her knee just six months ago and now she's on the tennis court mm. you know fair play like that is some turnaround and she beat her good friend in the first round Gabriella Roos yeah I, that must be one of few players she's actually played twice yeah. I mean, and, it, and, and it's not even in an official capacity yeah, yeah. because they it's played one of the few rivalries we've actually watched Every head to head on yeah. Brad Dukhan, not live though. I'm not. We we haven't just got back from Auckland. No, no, no. But we've through. managed to somehow watch a random exhibition match and a game in Auckland that was about five a.m. in the morning. It yeah, started. I mean, I, 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 I would put less emphasis on that being like a, a random niche exhibition match because it was streamed live on the BBC. <laughs> oh yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. But was that because it was, was because she just won the US Open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we booked it before we bought the ticket before the US Open because we were just like oh she played well at Wimbledon that would be a nice random tennis match to go to yeah that would have been one of our high points of 2021 if we had the uh, series yeah that would have been I mean my absolute high point of 2021 would be Emma Raducanu winning the US Open oh yeah that, I mean oh, that yeah. was one that was an amazing, amazing and we hope she makes it back oh yeah no she's gonna She's going to win Wimbledon. No, she's not. She's not I'm, that, I'm leaving any British tennis player out of my predictions to 2024. Yeah, well... I because... Think. They I, had a good start. They, they, no, but they disappoint me enough. That they... Uh, just generally. That if I then add extra weight to yeah, watching yeah. them, then it's sort of like... I, 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 well, I'd just end the podcast again. Yeah. They always um, say it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> uh, other low points... All the sexism, just feel like we should note that. I mean, it all start. I feel like the conversations all started with Kate Gate when Alcaraz got a big cake. Yeah. Um, we did the whole podcast on this, so if you if you really want to know our thoughts, there is a previous episode. I think it might even be the episode yeah, that's yeah, called yeah. Alcaraz has got a big cake. Yeah, we don't want to. Yeah. No points on that one. Obviously, women not being allowed to speak in Rome. And it was just the awful conditions. I feel like I didn't see a huge amount of the WTA finals. It just didn't work because I was working and uh, obviously the time zone difference as well. But um, it's just like every time I was reading about it on Twitter or X, um, it, uh, there was something about either the courts being awful conditions. I'm pretty sure they had an indoor arena which just wasn't fit for use and then they had building outside. So like it was just it was just dreadful. Like and it's like you've got this big showcase of 
the ATP finals that are in Turin, Turin and they look amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. And even the yeah, next gen finals. Yeah. Like there's a big production around like actually setting up the event as well. Yeah, whereas and it's uh, just I kind of just think like why not surely WTA finals you could host them in the O2 or something if you're struggling for because the O2 have done well yeah like the O2 they know how to run it because they've been doing the ATP finals for 10 years yeah and they did the Labour Cup and I don't get it you can't tell me if it was given to not just the UK because we're from the UK obviously we'd like it in the O2 uh, because we're in London but if it was in America or in the UK, or if you even put it somewhere in like Germany, for example, you're not telling me that they're not getting the broadcasting rights, they're not getting a better uh, tennis venue, and they're not getting a packed out stadium. They will, yeah. you know what I mean? Because there, there, there are plenty of places in which indoor tennis is held in Europe. I know, and I know this is like quite European centric, and tennis should move around the world, but but it has been so. Yeah, and at the same time, it's like. The only reason it's happening, it was happening in, where was it? It was Cancun, wasn't it? Yeah. And the only reason it was happening there was because of what was happening with China. Because obviously there was, there was the zero COVID strategy in China, like no events could take place essentially. And so it's like why not just go somewhere that's got an because it worked well when they did the final in Guadalajara because Guadalajara has an established tennis event yeah. so they already know how to do it yeah. like it, and for it's me, not like there's not other places that have two tennis events in a year you know Paris yeah for me it just makes sense to to go somewhere where you, where they know how to run it they know how to run an event yeah. like <laughs> It's, and and yeah, you know, as for the point of give it to Guadalajara, for example, if you want to give it to Mexico. Yeah, I mean, I understand not giving it to Guadalajara because Guadalajara's now got the one thousand event that's quite close to the finals anyway. Oh, that's fair. Enough. Yeah, but like for example, this year Paris gets to host an Just Olympics, a, a slam, and a thousand it, event. F it, host it on clay. That'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> take it to the Madrid. They've got the they've got the roof on there. Their stadium there. That'd yeah. be fun. I think it'd kind of be fun if you could do different surfaces for the finals. Or just do a completely different country that could still host it. Like, yeah. put it in Canada. Or put it in Scotland. Japan, Tokyo. They must still have the, the Olympic venues. Exactly, yeah. 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 But let's we'll move on from the low we'll move points. Move on from the... We'll go to high points. High points. So, I think, should we start with Roland Garros? Yeah. I they, think... I think. So... Roland Garros in general, because we were there, especially Court 14, because, I mean... Uh, uh, well, this might be quite biased, and probably is better of an advertisement to visit Roland Garros than you'll even get from the Roland Garros channel itself. I feel we, like we, we I feel like we, say a bad word about I it. I feel like we've done a lot of marketing work for Roland Garros <laughs> yeah. this episode. We like, have. I mean, literally, I love everything about it. I like the train there... I like the hotel, the walk we go in. Although we're changing games. our hotel this year. We are changing our hotel. Yeah, yeah. Controversial yeah. things. Uh, but we're going to be closer to the stadium. But literally, from the checking 
who's training on which court so we can in between games maybe go get a glimpse of someone. And that was the first ever scoop for the Unseeded podcast where I was at Jessica Pagula training session and she said she was unwell and I got that before anyone else. Yeah. Breaking news. Yes. Um, No, what's the word when it's a... Uh, you've just broken it. I forgot. A that. breaking news or sco- a scoop, as I said, it's a scoop. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought there was another one, but I can't remember now. We'll Exclusive. Exclude. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fabrizio Romano of tennis. Here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that'd be quite rude if you did it in a tweet. Like Jessica Pagula is ill. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Whoever she was playing, concrete interest in the next round. <laughs> Most um, people won't understand that. So but... yeah, we, we went to uh, yeah. I mean, some of the training sessions. Who else did we see? We saw. Um, we saw the, the first one was on like court three on a doubles, but I can't even remember who was yeah, playing. Yeah, we also saw. I saw Randrescu's. We saw Potapovas. Oh we? yeah, that was down at the other like yeah, the or yeah. That was really good. And, uh, training sessions were quite interesting, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no, obviously just being able to walk around. It, the weather was beautiful last year oh, for yeah. it. Um, Dennis almost... gave himself heat stroke. Yeah, yeah. Tiago saved awful hard <laughs> against Medvedev. That was a game and a half. Yeah, you know, which we both enjoyed. So apart from the um, restriction that we. Oh god, yeah, no. Them. I feel like if we're on the top tier of Shatria again, we need to be a few rows back. Bit high, yeah. yeah, your your seat for the Monfils. My seat been. for the Monfils one, like I was right up in the nosebleed seats. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, I was having the time of my life. That's definitely a high point on its own. Yeah, yeah. The Gail Monfils match. There's, um, I think Chateau. I felt French. By felt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked. I could only see him there, and I was just like, I couldn't tell which one he was at one point because he was just uh, blending in so much. I only knew because of the camera angle he was taking the piss out of me. Up from there. <laughs> Come on, you wouldn't join in the Mexican wave. Sat there, genuinely, I have a photo of you, everyone else doing the Mexican wave around you, and you're sat with your arms crossed. With my American friend, <laughs> who works with the US Tennis Association. So, so where's our tickets to the US Open, Dennis? He needs, maybe he's the listener. From Ashburn. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 I do know he lived in New York, so... Uh, and maybe I might see him next year. But I will try when we go to the French Open, even if it means not sitting next to you, though. I have to get a seat like that again. It just has yeah. to be. Like, it was just... It, I was there half an hour before the game started and just being there in the second row. Yeah, I've got to say, I really don't mind being high up on Chatrier. Yeah, there's... Because I, I did that for the Sabalen- Sabalenka-Stevens match. And that was absolutely fine. And I'll play the, the, Whereas, I've got to say... Especially now that they've got the roof over, being high up, I know it's a much smaller stadium, but being high up on Long Glen, I don't, I don't think it's good anymore. I, because I've much preferred the seats when we were lower down. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were so much better. That actually made much, much of a difference. I didn't like the roof. No. Although it'd be interesting this year because they've, they've actually got the roof working now. Because oh, last yeah, year yeah. they just had like the... It was like the half thing. Yeah. It was a decent match we did watch on them, though, the 60-pass one. Yeah. And obviously you went home that early that day. Yeah. Because you killed yourself the day before with, with heat stroke, wasn't it, that yeah. time? Yeah, that was a... Um, all for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was... I, I can't lie that pretty much any court you go on, 
you will have a good time. Even the first match we watched on court, I oh, don't yeah. court five or six. Yeah, Anna Bogdan. Anna Bogdan against Camilla Rosario. We haven't looked back on anything, but this is nine months later, or well, eight months later, and we still remember that. Oh, As one of the highlights. I mean, not going to lie, I went back and watched Camilla Rosario's. Stevens, I, I would have happily watched the rest of that. I know, and I went back and I'm now a Camilla Rosario fan, and my yeah. my uh, computer wallpaper background thing is her match that she lost in the second round. But it's a nice action shot. Yeah, yeah. Forehand being whipped. And as you know from our Who We are our favourite players. We are waiting for a Grand Slam matchup of Camilo Osorio, Kai Eubank. Jesus Christ, that, that we will, we won't be friends. No, not for that we'll, one. We won't be friends. We'll be opposite sides of the court. Yeah, no, that because it will be an outside call. Jesus, <laughs> I don't think that will have show court billing, yeah. unless it is a miraculous run to the final from each of them. Yeah, well, we won't be in the stadium then, probably. <laughs> probably not though. No, we by hook or by crook we're getting there. Yeah, I mean if it's in Paris, we've got a slight chance. Any other other high points other than us just sort of getting excited? Because otherwise, we are just going to start talking about getting excited about going to Berlin Cups again. Yeah, that's another ten episodes. Yeah, uh, which will probably get mentioned in every episode. It will get mentioned every episode. But um, no, no, we, we, Alcaraz obviously winning Wimbledon was we we touched on it earlier, but that was like satisfying. Oh yeah, I mean that was just such a good match. Like, it's like the confirmation that he's the real deal. Yeah, like he can be challenging. I don't, you know, you don't want to put pressure on young players too early, but he can be, you know, up there with he, the he, titles. He, he, yeah, those. and he can. Like I think that's the thing. He's the guy so far that's able to to actually forcefully take it away from. Djokovic. Djokovic at a Wimbledon which... at a Wimbledon like if, if you were gonna name the slam in which Alcaraz was gonna beat Djokovic over five sets yeah you wouldn't have said Wimbledon Wimbledon would probably be the last one you would have said it probably would have been well I don't know whether you'd put US Open first because he's won it he's won it but like clay would make more sense than grass yeah yeah for sure but yeah no and, and he's uh, he's continued it. I mean, even in what was meant to be a pre-season, he's, he's done a good job on Djokovic in an exhibition. I know it's not the highest intensity, but I watched part of that and Alcaraz looks like he's ready for the mm, season. Because I think that was the thing about Alcaraz. He was sort of tailing off towards the end of last season. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like he's back. And he's one of the few big players in the men's tour that isn't playing this week. Yeah, like that has a realistic chance at the Australian Open because yeah. I think he's got to be one of the favourites now even though he's never won it he's got to be up there amongst the top three or four yeah I think we're going to have to have a conversation about who we, who we obviously we'll do this big we're going to record on like the 14th or something yeah rather um, and, and do a Open. proper proper preview but maybe we could uh, yeah I feel like Alcaraz he's in with a chance Djokovic obviously heavy I think he's the favourite still because yeah. it's Australia. Um, do you put Nadal in there? No. no. I, I want to. You know, my heart's saying he's still got it. I, and I can't take too much off of the Dominic, Dominic team performance because you don't know. You know, he could have just, that could have just been his good day. We don't even know that. You know what I mean? We could yeah. go into the second round and be awful. I doubt it, but 
can I say he's a Grand Slam favourite after not playing for a year? I don't think so. <laughs> he did it two years ago. <laughs> yeah, but I, I wouldn't put my money on it. If no. I had to put my money, you have to go the safe bet of Djokovic. But it'll be interesting. I mean, that will garner a lot of media interest because it might be his last appearance at the Australian Open. Most likely it will be. Um, But unless he goes and wins it, then he might just go, I'll extend it to January and then I'll go to the French again because I'll take another title. Yeah, because I'll win that one again. Yeah. Uh, What's he on at the moment? 14 French. Yeah. And then it will be, if he does all of the things we've just said, it will be a battle of Djokovic, Nadal, who's going to get to 30 Grand Slam first <laughs> in an ideal world. But... <laughs> Nadal winning on crutches at Rolling Garros. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the racket, just hits it with the crutches of the top, top spin forehand. <laughs> Any other high points, though, Tom? The high point. Uh, ju- I just wanted to put in Coco Goff winning the slam. Oh, yeah. Mostly because one of our last episodes would have been the episode we recorded in Paris mm. where we had a long conversation about Coco Goff's forehand. Yeah. And, and I was back in her. You back Keep her, playing. And, and I was like, she needs to take a break and work from it because she won't be able to win anything yeah. with that forehand. Like, the thing is, I still think the forehand is an issue. She's just figured a way of Going around it, yeah, d- yeah. disguising it because and, it's and, you know it's not even just that she played well in the was it DC and Cincinnati she played yeah well. she won in Cincinnati um, and DC she got to the final is it I'm not, I can't quite remember but it's I think the big thing was Cincinnati because I'm pretty sure she beat Siontek there yeah which which was obviously like a that's a that's a big thing yeah anywhere you know what I mean if you beat well Siontek. they said their head to head was disastrous for her yeah. And and we hope that Coco Goff can carry it on. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like Coco Goff, and well, it wasn't just the US. She got to the final of the French. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was a rogue performance. Well, she didn't get to the final of the French this year, last year. Though. Last year, sorry, yeah. Before. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting mixed up. Carolina Mukova. Yeah. Still yeah. a big fan of Carolina Mukova when she plays tennis. Yeah. And yeah. it's like the the one tournament a year. Uh, yeah. That she's, she's actually a... fit. She does a <laughs> picks her ranking points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that we'll leave it there for 2023 for a while. I wasn't expecting us to get to 45 minutes, but I imagine 20 minutes of that is us ranting about Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. We, we, at um, least it's some sort of return to yeah, our usual format. Going off on a tangent. Um, and so let's let's just let's have vague look forward to it. We'll do, we'll do this more in depth. In, in the next when, one, when Fur's back, so we can all do it. But a few predictions from next year. Let's have some fun, vague predictions that we can look back on at the end of the year. And I'm gonna say a rejuvenated Wawrinka is gonna come and do something in Madrid or Barcelona. Okay, Barcelona's only a five hundred, so could he see, could see he's that. gonna win it. Okay. Uh, you can see these are not the most serious of predictions, but we're going to do them anyway, just for uh, shits and giggles. Uh, do you know what? What? Okay, um, I'm st- the last predictions we did was the Roland Garros predictions. Yeah, where I was back in Chin Wen to get to the final this year. But I think you did do notably better in those predictions than me. 
it, it, it did feel like we, every we, day we were there wondering what's going on. Yeah, you did have a few. I think you had more rogue picks than me because you you had like quite a few sort of rogue quarter finalists and semi finalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baez, Echeverria. Yeah, and the likes. Um, let me down. Tatiana Maria. Tatiana Maria. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, so I'm 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 back in Junction one again. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm not backing her for a slam. Okay. Just yet, but I think she's going to be top ten by the end of the year. Okay. Like, that, not necessarily she's going to finish in the top ten, but at some point in the year she'll have a she'll, in she'll be in the top ten. Fair enough. That's a bit more of a understandable one than the she'll, she'll 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 string a few runs together. Yeah, I'm I'm backing the young players. I'm I'm not backing a man to come back from the dead. Yeah. No, no. All um, right. No, we're gonna do three each then. So you've three got three each. Jesus, I'll do, I uh, thought of this. I'm gonna say, Ipek Oz to make the top one hundred. Okay, you're yeah. back in attack. Unlikely. I don't know why I backed her, but I just feel she's attack. No, no, no. I've seen her tennis. She's played Clara Europe, and she's gonna make the top one hundred. Mark my words, by April, and she will be an automatic qualifier for the French, and I will be there on court seven. And it's got nothing to do with the fact that she's Turkish. No, no, she's a very good player. She's a very good player that I have followed for many, many years and um, has taken over the range from the great Zaynet Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. My, my prediction is that she's, uh, she's going to be a top 100 player next year because she looks like our only actual hope that she could be half decent. By the end of the year, there'll be a British player in a seeded position on the WTA side. Okay, I'm going to say that. I'm not. Are you I'm going to name names. Not going to name names. I think. I think it's well. It's either going to be Katie Balter or Emma Raducanu. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, I'd have to. I do not have that Raducanu only because she has done it. Yeah. Uh, and she did look good on her one game back, but obviously... But Kate Spulter beat Pagula. No, no, she steadily looks yeah. like over the last couple of years have gone up. And then I'll, I'll do one more then, which I'm just going to muster out of the depths of my mind. Uh, let's think. I'm going to say that we will have a... Yannick Sinner is going to make a Grand Slam final. Okay, so you follow my one from last year. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was just trying to think. I've done two WTA predictions. I, I nearly was going to say Leila Fernandez is going to go on another run. Yeah. And I was like, no, I need to do an ATP prediction. Yeah. And and so and I was like, I if I say, oh, Alcaraz is going to win a Slam, that's not exciting. No, no, no. I've so so got to pick someone else. Sinner for for a, a for Grand, a grand slam, slam final. Okay, I'll do a Grand Slam. I'm going to do. Now, I'm going to go one further. I'm going to say Alcaraz does a clean sweep up till the US. I'm going to say he's going to do Australia, the French, the Olympics, and Wimbledon, and then he'll lose. You think he's going to be on track for the Golden Slam? Yeah, and he will lose in the US Open, having injured from retirement. No, don't do that. You can't predict an injury in a retirement. I that's can. so been, cruel. It is. That's that's that's. It, it was meant to happen, and then it's going to be taken away from him. At what stage is he going to get injured? But how am I meant to predict that? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's going to. 
have a light injury that he's going to slip and then he's going to not be able to continue. Well, I really hope this doesn't bloody happen. But he's going to win four tournaments. I know, but I don't want him to get injured. Um, no, that's true. Okay, so th- so okay, so what are our predictions? Mine, Junshin went to be top 10 at some point in the year. Yeah. A Brit to be on the top 32 on the WTA side. Yeah. That's, that's end of year. And... Yannick Sinner to be in a final. Yeah. You've got... Vavrinka to win Barcelona or Madrid. Yeah. Ipep Oz to make the top 100. Yeah. Um, and uh, Alcaraz to win Australia, uh, French, the Wimbledon and the Olympics. Alcaraz to win everything. Nobody else is going to win a Grand Slam ever Issue. again. Yeah. Um, the problem is my prediction could be gone by um, January uh, if it doesn't happen. Yeah, no. What? Yeah, Jesus. I mean, if he does that, then he's he's going to be hunting down that record pretty quickly, won't well, he? Well, yeah, he'll be up to five by this year, and he'll yeah. be, I don't know how old. 21? 21. Oh, Jesus, isn't that scary? Yeah, that um, be some record. Okay, other things that are happening later this year. Oh, we've got Breakpoint coming out in a few days. Yeah, which we um, just watched the trailer off. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Now they're including Sasha Zverev, if they mention any of the other stuff. Probably not. Probably not. There'll be no, like the no. ATP on that front where they're just sort of like, oh yeah, we can use it in marketing and stuff to be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but a few new players uh, that they've they've uh, they're going to yeah. look like. I mean, the fact that they um, had them in the actual uh, promo, Coco Goff looked like she appeared quite a lot in the ad- advert, mm. more than she probably appeared in last season. Mm. Probably because she had a better season as well. That yeah, would be another reason. But Alcaraz. I mean, he was in it last year. He yeah, in the yeah. second part, yeah. Hopefully, well, have been for Wimbledon. But at least we get to see him watch Wimbledon. Win, win yeah, we just get to see that again. Yeah. That again. I don't know, they're probably going to do it like last year where they have five and five, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. I imagine so. I reckon it'll be a pretty similar format. They'll follow an American at Indian Wells. Probably yeah. be Francis Tiafo. Yeah, because they've done Fritz. Probably will do Fritz as well because they'll interview his girlfriend yeah. Um, yeah and then film more of her during the match than they do of Taylor Fritz the usual yeah yeah, yeah. it's not as bad as having uh, models as uh, ball girls in a final oh Jesus Christ I hope Madrid finally stopped doing that that's another thing about sexism of last year how is that still a thing yeah yeah and that that is an event that we have an outside chance of visiting this year so mm. we may do oh that was it plans for the podcast for this year um, oh yes, yeah. so going ahead into the new year. So as you can see, we're doing like a sort of start of year podcast. This is a vague start of year. This is more like end of twenty twenty three, but this sort of like vague start of year. We'll do a more substantial one when Fur returns, and we'll also combine that with like Australian Open preview because we'll do our predictions like we did for Roland Garros. Yeah, we will also be doing Grand Slam roundups. Obviously, once the tournament's over. Yeah. An end of year review. one, obviously, because yeah. we can review like the finals and then what's happened throughout the year. And then uh, any, uh, I've just got here, any other time if the vibes are right. Yeah, yeah. So if we, if, if we, it won't be as like, it won't be weekly like it was last time, just because 
we've got lives. Yeah. Um, but we'll try to do it as much as we can, and we do. Obviously, plan we've got the Olympics this year as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We will still most likely attend the French. Um, well, we will be attending the French. Well, it's just your holidays. We're waiting to be. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So please. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know who his manager is, but if we can just uh, help us out there, that'd be helpful. Other than that, it's pretty much booked. Because uh, we, unlike Wimbledon, have complete confidence that we're going to get the tickets. Yeah. Um, and then other events we might go to. I'll probably end up going to Queen's. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll try and go to events here and there. There'll probably be some sort of like qualifiers for Davis Cup or Billy yeah, yeah. Cup somewhere. And then we'll try to, if we can, we're going to try to do the um, daily or at least some sort of updates in Paris. And then we'll, we're planning on doing a, an episode on the this week's action soon. Yeah. Whenever Robert decides to uh, edit it. Yeah. So anyway, that's it for this episode, which is our, our big return. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much for listening. Should I see if I remember how to sign off from a podcast? Oh, yeah, go on then. Thank you very much for listening. We have social medias. We have Twitter, X, and Instagram. I think both of them are at unseededpod. We have an email address, unseededpod at gmail.com. Which Robert will check at some point. At some point. Yeah. Um... But yeah, thank you very much for listening. Please remember to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on and subscribe. Thank you for listening. See you in the next episode. Goodbye.